This is Dyes and Chewy X, the podcast, episode 138 for the week of July 20th, 2008. Welcome to Dies and Chewy X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Oh, Dies and Chewy X. <laughs> That's your cue. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Damn straight. What's up, yo's? Hey there. We got the woman to my right and the man off in Japan. Let's start with the coolest guy in the world. That's Julian. What's up, dude? Oh, well, this weekend there is something special going on, and that would be the summer festival at the local shrine. Please tell nice. me more. Well, if you've seen certain series, you're probably familiar with it already, but basically every summer, most shrines in Japan have a certain festival. It could be connected with Tanabata, as some of them were earlier this month. It could be connected with the Tenjin Festival, as it would be a bit later. Or it could just be for the hell of it, because who doesn't love a good time? This would be a traditional Japanese festival with the food stalls and the crazy things like the candied bananas and the candied apples and the random fish-shaped pastries and yakisoba and lots of unhealthy food and then the carnival games that are rigged you know all that fun stuff <laughs> nice but also people wearing traditional japanese clothes which is kind of cool because you don't see that every day good deal so you're heading there you did go there i i'm heading there this evening i had something going on last night so i couldn't make it but it's two days so yeah Good deal. Let's go over here to the woman. That's Mary. Mary's sporting uh, spiffy hairdo this evening. I am, and um, it's quite interesting. I feel very, very done up. I feel very princess-like, which is weird because I don't like to feel like a princess. I don't know. I feel very dolled up. Yeah, I was um, practicing wedis- uh, wedding hairdos. Practicing my- medicine? <laughs> practicing medicine in my basement. No. <laughs> You're not qualified for that. <laughs> oh, we'll just edit that out. I'll um, practice suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing wedding hairdos with my sister today and uh we're slowly but surely getting there i don't know why this is so hard but it is somehow and uh yeah that's how i spent my day my ass hurts like shit from, from sitting. sitting in the chair because i got my hair cut i got my hair dyed i got my hair done up all fancy like so oh my god and now i'm sitting doing a podcast with you while at least that this is productive was going on i mike perhaps you know me as vegeto ex partook in a wide variety of entertainment things, including some uh, Petapon and some Pokemon Pearl. Oh my god, all P games. Ha ha ha. That's what I was doing. I, I hung out and watched and played video games. Speaking of video games, I have stuff for you, and it will lead into being DBZ related. So last night, whole bunch of us, I guess you would call it like the Dizen X extended family. Mary's sister and Andrew and Jeff and Joy, we all went to see The Dark Knight. It was like, oh yeah, Friday, you know, we've had a busy week finishing up videos. We're gonna go crash Friday and go see a movie. So we went out to dinner, went to get tickets. We got tickets for a show that was in like two hours. Like, all right, we'll go back and play rock band for a little bit. So we come back to our place, and the 360 is acting all weird. Like, it's got these weird green splotches all over the screen. Because I just recently got this new component switcher, which has been fine. But I was like, oh, maybe something's loose. I'll just plug it directly into the TV, see what's up there. Plug it into the TV. Seems okay for a second, then gets all green splotchy again. Ah, that's weird. So we just played for a little bit. You know, after a while, you don't really need colors anymore. You know where everything is. So this morning, I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch some stuff. I kind of use the 360 as a media center almost, burn 
burn things and watch them over there in the 360 so we can watch them up on the TV. So we're watching and I switch it over to the composite just to see if that's going to be okay. I don't know, whatever, forget component. Let's try to narrow it down, see if it's a cord, if it's the TV, maybe the TV's on the fritz. So the composite's working perfectly fine for a little bit and then it gets all green splotchy again. All right, so it's definitely either the 360 or the cord or something. So I did a little research on this and it turns out that this is the first of a multi-step process of the Xbox 360's video card basically frying itself alive. So pretty much if um, no one sees Vegito EX online for a couple of days, you know why. Exactly. So I tried it later today and I got no video, which is indeed the second step of this process. And what sucks is that this isn't the Red Ring of Death, so it's not covered by Microsoft's three-year extended warranty. And my Ooh. regular one-year warranty expired two weeks ago. Ouch. Yes, so I haven't actually called Microsoft yet. Uh, I put the thought out there. I'm considering just leaving the 360 on until I get the Red Ring of Death. So I can be like, oh, I, I have all sorts of hardware failure. Maybe you shouldn't be broadcasting that you're planning to do this. I'm not planning to do this. I'm saying that this is a possibility of something that maybe some unscrupulous people may do. I, of course, you're not among them. I am not this type of individual. No, of course not. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. So basically, to tie this into DBZ, the... Uh, Final thoughts on Burst Limit just got delayed further. Indefinitely. <laughs> Indefinite delay on Burst Limit. Indefinitely, Yeah, so that's that. Uh, that's basically all I got for stuff. Let's talk about this episode. We're that, This is not going to be a cop-out episode, kind of like what last week's was, but at the same time, it almost is. Mary, you and I, we finished up our video for AWA Pro this year. Yes, and the, you did a second one. I did, which may or may not involve Dragon Ball. I don't know. You'll just have to wait until September to find out. Oh, okay. Wait until September to find yes. out if it's DBZ related. Okay. You, you you got no confirmation right here whatsoever. I do. <laughs> well, you've seen it. Yes. <laughs> so there may be some DBZ material to look forward to, so hopefully that you know alleviates the pain of having a shortened episode again this week. But we're going to do uh, a little bit of news. We're not going to have a, a main topic, but we are going to do another catching up on emails episode, because they've been piling up over the last few weeks. we got some really cool questions to talk about, and we're actually going to bring someone in to talk about some news. I think it's going to be an all-around cool episode, lots of discussion points. So does anyone have any additional stuff? That I do not. Mary does not. Julian, do you have stuffage? Not directly related to Dragon Ball. But tangentially? Well, no, just that I've been reading books in Japanese. You know, they're novels aimed at the middle school set, but at least I'm reading That's things. true. Anything is My good. My vocabulary is increasing. Nice. Yay. That's because you're the smart man. You know that weird Japanese space language. Space language? Everything's oh, space. <laughs> we get it. You're from space. <laughs> See what I did oh, there. Italians, how shameless. Uh, I guess that's... unsolicited. I know. But I like it. I'm allowed to quote I know. something. Let's take it on over to the news. So basically, the news for this week is just these uh, Dragon Ball GT box sets that have, we've talked about this, they've been announced, we've known about them for a while, but we wanted to bring someone on to kind of throw some more info out there. And I know he always secretly loves being invited to come on the show, so we brought on God of Chaos, our, as I call him, our podcast hosting solution. What's up, man? Step into the Grand Tour. You know what? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) We're going to step in something right here. (laughs) 
All right, Jared, tell me, what's going on with these box sets? There's a lot of speculation and, well, I guess you can call it speculation and I I've, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Basically, full screen versus widescreen. Tell me, just go for it. I guess we should start back at the beginning when we first found out they were sort of maybe planning to do this, which was last, it was either November or December when I accidentally got a hold of a release list that basically really was about half the new stuff they were releasing up through next month. Yeah, it was like a lot of it was up through May of the next year and then it even went further. So like in December, we knew, okay, GT box sets at some point. Yeah, not surprising. We- it said, I believe it actually, it said June, which got pushed back to, what is it, September? Right, I right. I think's the date. It, the information I found really didn't say anything other than Dragon Ball GT Season 1. Right, there was no remastered or anything? No information, or- just Season 1. Okay. Then we started hearing, what, maybe two, three months ago that some release lists were starting to show it in a store or two showed it, I think. I'm trying to remember. Right. And then all of a sudden there's... A, there was the box art about a month ago, which we weren't not 100% sure if it was real or not. Right, which so yeah, that weird it is perspective re- issue. That is, that is real. It's in the trailer. They show it at the very end. Right. And as far as I know, the trailer hasn't shown up on any DVDs yet, but it's shown up on one Blu-ray, and it seems to be causing a lot of confusion because the only copy of it out there is the YouTube recording someone made at Anime Expo. Right, the one that we linked to on the homepage is actually uh, podcast listener Albert, who was out there at AX. And wow, he, he was all the way out in California? Yeah, he went out to AX. So, oh, you know, sweet. he took a video of it and said, he was like, hey, Mike, this is up. So, you tell me what's up with this trailer. Tell me about it, how it's shown, how it's supposed to be seen, etc. It's on the, the Trunks Bardock Blu-ray, which the Blu-ray itself is 1080p. The trailer is 480p, though. The trailer is full screen. It's not widescreen. It's not uh, squeezed. It's not stretched. It's just full screen. Okay, so if you're watching the Trunks Bardock double feature, which Blu-ray, is widescreen, I'm confused. Right. So it, that's in, uh, that's in the cropped widescreen, let, let, right? Let, let, let's not even start on the Blu-ray as the whole because <laughs> it, it's actually a step backwards from their movie Blu-rays. I can imagine. Well, it's cropped, right? Let's get that out of the way. Not only is it cropped, though, there isn't the animation quality the movies had in the first place, right? doesn't look good. Uh, the movies look fine on Blu-ray. This, you can really tell that we aren't really ever meant to see the TV shows at this resolution, especially with whatever masters they used. Right. Right. All right, so these two TV specials on the disc, they're at a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. They're cropped. They're cropped, and it's presented at 1080p. All right, great. Oh, my yes. brains. So... This trailer for the upcoming Dragon Ball GT box sets, it's encoded at 480p and at a 4x3 aspect ratio. Yes. Okay. It it might be 16 by 9 with black bars, but it's 4x3. Okay, so regardless, there's there's either pillar bars or it's 4x3 itself. All right, cool. Now, that's weird because... If we were to assume they're going to keep being consistent, not only were the Z sets widescreen, every single trailer for them, as far as I'm aware, has been widescreen also. Right, and that's really important to note because even even as- e- even when they don't mention, like after what season two, they stopped mentioning widescreen exactly at all. Exactly my point. Starting with season two, they completely stripped away that widescreen presentation. They still said digitally remastered and original Japanese audio, but the word widescreen or a phrase was completely removed. But the Trailers themselves were always still presented in a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. However, this new one is a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. 
Yeah, and I'm going to go through some terms they th- throw at us through the trailer. <laughs> okay, please do. This is oh, like for, totally for, taking me back to Vegeta Saga 1. Okay. First, we have digitally remastered. Okay. Which doesn't really mean anything because you can just blur it and say that's remastered. Didn't There's they say no... that their re-release of Slayers was digitally remastered? And that was basically That wasn't just... remastered. It was exactly the same. Right. It was just very slightly different grain, which I guess it's technically remastered, but... Whatever. <laughs> like they did their own encode of it. And then, of course, we have the next fun term that Funimation loves to throw around with Dragon Ball Z GT. Uncut. Right. And as we know, we've gone over this time and time again. When it comes to Funimation and their presentation of the Dragon Ball franchise, Uncut refers exclusively and specifically to the video track within an episode, usually ignoring opening and ending themes. So the beginning, the kind of recap of the previous episode, start to the end of the episode exactly. anything in between there no visual animation is removed that means uncut that ignores dialogue that ignores music <laughs> that ignores anything else other than what you could see covering up your ears going like la 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 anything in there would be untouched exactly okay and of course we have the next popular phrase they've loved using lately original Japanese audio. Uh, tell me about this, then. I'm assuming it means that we're going to have another one of the weird, vague English voices with Japanese music tracks. There's no explanation. We just hear, we just see it on screen, we hear Chris about original Japanese audio. And with the Dragon Ball Z season sets, what we've had has been what they call an original broadcast track, which is whatever aired on Cartoon Network in the U.S., that's that audio track. Then we have an audio track, which is an English dub by Funimation sometimes with some updated voices and revised dialogue that has the original Japanese background music in there. In 5.1. In 5.1, maybe with some pieces removed depending on a variety of factors. And then finally, there's the original Japanese mono track as we've been getting since about mm, 2000. Yes. Okay, so that we're assuming that this new GT box set will be that exact same series of three audio tracks. Yeah. Now, the next phrase they use is actually weird because I'm pretty sure they've used it before, but it's not quite right and it's one of those that throws people off with all the fake information out there the next level of the dragon ball saga <laughs> what is that it's, mean? One, it's, one, it's, it's one of those terms where it almost suggests that there's more past dragon ball gt where it's <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of weird i guess ex, extreme terminology yeah, it that doesn't, doesn't actually make, mean anything it makes it sound like yeah. dragon ball gt is better which is definitely yeah, they, not the case it's like i know there's really no way to describe gt in a positive light and that was like the best thing they could come up yeah, with yeah it's neither positive nor negative it's just kind of yeah it's true it's all you know it's next it's there. Chronological order says this comes now. <laughs> they really should just put comes next in the chronological progression of the three animated TV series. Okay, now we have, well, I guess next is the weird thing is they are finally dropping that stupid last episodes ah, comment. Yes. The one they say nonstop every single time these episodes come up. Right. They're finally actually giving it, well, their version of these, you know, they give everything a saga name for whatever reason. Right. Care to guess what the lost episodes are now called? Uh, episodes 1 through 16, episodes? hopefully? No, it's the Black Star Dragon Ball Saga. Okay, that's fine. That makes sense. That's makes sense. what a lot of people always refer to it as anyways. Yeah. 
Now, the set is going to be the first 32 episodes of the show. Now, do we have any confirmation that it is the actual episode 1 through the actual episode 32? Well, the fact that they specifically say they specifically say contains all of the Black Star Dragon Ball Saga and the Baby Saga. Okay, then that's as much of a confirmation yeah. as you're going to get. Now, there, there are going to be two box sets, right? 1 through 32 and 33 to 64? I'm, ass I'm assuming. We don't really know. Okay. But that creates issues in and of itself. Funimation really pimped that first episode they sort of clipped together from everything. Right, it was called, like, A Grand Problem, and it was a created episode Episode of, zero. Yeah, of, like, flashbacks and recaps and etc. I guess the question is, is that gone? Is that included in these 32 episodes, and they're actually going to stop at episode 31, calling that one a clip show? Is it going to be a bonus feature, or is that episode just into the ether from whence it came? Interesting. I can see them putting that as an extra on the set. Um, you know, yeah. they put effort into it at one point, so why not include it there? But then again, maybe they want to remove it to kind of dance around quasi-incompetence or like past marketing. I don't know. It's not really incompetence. We always said it was a genius move that they did from yeah. a marketing standpoint because no one wanted those 16 episodes. But as soon as you tell I us did. we can't have them. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they're... Unlike basically, I think, every GT trailer they've ever done, the GT rap is seemingly gone. It's not mentioned. It's just generic rock music they use in the trailer. Oh, all right. Interesting. And I could have sworn every GT trailer I saw had that crappy music in it. You know, I wanted to bring this up because I think it's hilarious. I made a parody of one of their original commercials for Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, I remember that. It began with desaturated footage of the animation from the opening theme and then it kind of like fuzzes up and is like you don't know GT and it goes like da -da -da -da, and the Grand Tour and etc. Oh, no. Isn't it <laughs> hilarious that. now that they're going back and making a version of GT that uses that very music that they were saying, oh, you don't want this, you want this new version of it. I have no idea, honestly. Well, I, guess the, I guess the question is, will it be there on the as-aired audio? Will it just not exist anymore? Right, like a branching playlist. If you select English, you get Step Into the Grand Tour. Yeah, I I just gotta wonder what was the point of... Because they don't really mention English audio at all in the trailer. No, and they always stay very vague with it they just say yeah, we got stuff basically is there anything else i mean that kind of goes through that trailer that they put out the whole well, there, there is the box art i guess and if you want to mention funimation's odd tendency lately regarding seasons yeah go for it the box art well i get has super saiyan 4 goku on it right who does what? not appear Why? in these episodes and not only does it not appear in these episodes it's not really They've been doing this with a lot of shows lately. There's no real season cutoff point that they're using. Right. It's just kind of... Well, you know, it, if it's going to be two sets, it's a perfect, you know, even point between the two. But then why actually call it season one? Why not just call it season one of the complete series? Why does Funimation do anything that they do? <laughs> well, that's what... Well, that's part of the point, is they do these weird, vague things that don't necessarily make... Even from a marketing standpoint... It really doesn't make sense to do that. You know, they've been saying seasons for Z, even though they're not always perfect. But I do want to take it back to the character on the cover. And, you know, people have said this, and it's true. In its defense, the original Japanese version of 
the show. Super Saiyan 4 does appear in the opening theme before Cuckoo actually achieves it in the normal story. I'd buy that. Fair yeah, enough. But it's, but it's one thing to tease something in an opening like every show on the planet does and to make it the primary image on the box. That's true. Julian, taking it over to One Piece, I know every opening theme that I've ever seen has been like 200 chapters ahead in the manga. Yep. So, I mean, they do do that, but I, I guess whatever. It's, I don't know, it's almost a personal preference thing. If you, you... I guess it's almost kind of consistent with how weird the cover images for Z have been. True enough. Do we have anything else we can talk about? I mean, is this confirmation that GT Remastered will be 4x3? Do they have a new source they're remastering from? A different kind of source? What do we know about this? Well, going by the video quality itself, which you have the fun part that my Blu-ray player doesn't upscale Blu-ray 480 content, so I have to go by my prior knowledge and trying to guesstimate what it's supposed to look like. Right. It doesn't have quite that washed out look GT seem to ha- seems to have on Funimation's discs. Okay. I didn't really watch a lot of them, but they always look kind of washed out a little. Right. And GT itself does look like that. Yeah. It looks a bit clearer. There's definitely more grain visible than Funimation's seems to like having on Dragon Ball stuff lately. That's interesting. It's definitely not as blurred out, which I guess you could say it's just the GT stuff, but maybe they put them on the discs better. It could be better Masters from Japan. It could even be Dragon Boxes for all we know. Right, and you know, that's another thing that people have been putting out there. Did Funimation get a Dragon Box Master for GT and did their own thing with it? We don't know. We we don't even know if they're really full screen or if this is just, you know, they... A footage grab to put a trailer on a disc. Now, in going with that, someone on the forum put up a screen cap of uh, Oob to match up a screen grab from that trailer from Anime Expo, and that screen grab from the original disc did seem to match up with exactly what was shown on that new trailer. So... Uh, is it going to be the same thing? I, I don't know. How do you take that? Well, my guess, if they're just using what they already had, as far as I'm aware, Funimation never had any sort of film stock for GT. They had just digibetas. Right. Which basically goes straight to DVD resolution-wise. So if they're using those, they really don't have a source that they could crop and then make anamorphic widescreen. I doubt the, the source a source material from a digibeta wouldn't really... I don't want to say look good, because that suggests that the Z-sets look good, but there isn't the ability to really scale it up that way. Right, very true. I mean, you can't go back to the original film and do a new telescene yeah. of it like yeah, they did with a specific see. resolution right. there. So unless they got new masters from Japan to crop, I'm guessing it's full screen, but if they got new masters... Why wouldn't you just get the DVD masters they just made a couple of years ago? Right. So they're clearly doing something, even if it's maybe just cleaning it up a little bit. Because you can't really remap. I honestly don't know. You can't really remaster from DigiBeta, so I don't know what the hell digitally remastered means in this case. <laughs> the Funimation, that can mean anything from we're putting out the DVD again to, you know, the Z season sets. That could just mean they, you know, re... Um, captured the video exactly and their video quality lately has been better so that could just be the improvement in and of itself interesting all right does anyone have anything else on this i feel like we've gone through everything that we know and have seen thus far should i mention the incompetent burst limit trailer on the disc 
you have 20 seconds. It is a Trunks Bardock-themed trailer that appears to have been taken from a web rip, but it is shown at 1080i. (laughs) It is really ugly, and it is just three or four minutes of future Trunks and Bardock just beating each other up, but being played by people who apparently can't play the game very well. And it's encoded from a web encode. (laughs) Well, I don't know what it's encoded from, but it's clearly not 1080. That's you can awesome. see you can see someone it's like someone scaled it up and it just looks horrible. It doesn't look like the game very much at all. Fantastic. All right, Mary, what do you got? I got nothing. You got nothing, Julian. What do you got? Mm, that's about it for me, too. All right. I guess we'll wrap this up. Thank you for, you know, kind of putting out the information because no one actually <laughs> seems to like have it or know what they're talking about. So it's good that we're able to put that all out there. So yep. I guess when we get more information, we'll bring you back and we'll talk about it and maybe we'll pick up a set and review it. And I don't know. Yeah, no doubt I'll be picking up at least season one like I did for Z. All right, good deal then. We'll talk to you then. See ya. All right, sounds good. See ya. All right, so with the news out of the way, that's basically our topic too. So let's take it over to Julian, you and your DBZ ABCs. Julian, I believe we're up to Sa. Yes, and today I thought I might go with a less obvious choice and go to a character, which you may or may not remember, Okay. called Zakuro. Oh, yeah, I do remember this I character. I don't. Inform me. Okay, wait, so wait, Zakuro- wait, wait a minute. You're changing again. You're not actually using Sa. No, 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 no. See, they're in the same row of Kana. It's just one of them has the two dots and one of them doesn't. All right. And they're kind of the same. Fair enough. Tell us about this character. He's an alien. Okay. But he's not a Namekian. No, he is not. It is one of the wondrous sagas that we watch for the first time. And we're like, yay, they're the- Wait a minute. Oh, God damn it. Yes. So when Gohan... Bulma and Kuririn first get to Namek, they don't actually get to Namek. We should say this is specifically in the TV series. This is not in the manga. Yes, this is not in the manga, so don't search for it there. You won't find it. But they encounter these two Namekians on what is apparently Namek. And, wow, they're they're here, and they're starting to collect Dragon Balls, and everything's pretty, pretty hunky-dory. Mary That's... just realized what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, right. Okay. It's funny how I banned that from my memory. (laughs) And, well, wait a minute. Isn't this too easy? So as they're just getting to the point where they're collecting the Dragon Balls, things get all trippy and mind-screwy and what the hell. So it turns out that these two aliens are not Namekians at all. In fact, they set up the entire thing as an illusion to, I think it was basically to what, steal their ship and escape? Pick out covered cheeseburgers! Except they huh? don't say that. <laughs> it's an original dub thing. When they're trying to steal the spaceship and there's like the secret word to open it. I don't remember which of the two it was, but they think they know the special word. And I believe it's supposed to be Piccolo. But he goes, Piccolo covered cheeseburgers in a really weird accent. Well, why don't you give it a try? Piccolo covered cheeseburgers! Oh, or maybe dear. that's just my memory uh, assigning an accent to him, but I believe that's what he said. I- ignore my comments, please continue. Well, my, my memory of that episode, that second episode, is just freaky because, you know, you got to the point where you think, well, this is pretty, c- what the hell? <laughs> and there's all these tentacly creatures that are, like, grabbing onto them. I know, like, there's, oh, like, this my- giant up there, and, oh, it's weird. Yeah, I was like, okay, so... Back on the way to Namek, and the real saga is much longer, and 
Oh boy. Yeah. What's the other guy's name? I never remember. I believe it's. I just remember Zakuro. I believe it's Raichi. <laughs> oh, that's right. So they're both named after fruit, which is not the Namekian naming pun, which should have been a dead giveaway right there. But of course, the characters are seemingly not aware that their names follow ridiculous naming Well, schemes. did we know any of the Namekian name puns at this point? Because all we had was just Piccolo and Kamisama. Well, fair enough, that's true. But still, to have weird slug-like creatures named after fruit, I'm sorry. That's true, because we did have an established... That's weird, because we did have an established fruit character. Well, the name of a race, Established fruits! We had established <laughs> Frieza fruits. henchmen are named after fruit. Oh, true. <laughs> we had a pool, who is indeed the greatest character of all time, and happens to be Mary... Dead Dead in two episodes. Dead in two episodes. Uh, also, there's another game. Another game. Another <laughs> <laughs> Little Freudian slip there, I suppose. Another guy named Raichi who was used in something called Saiyajin Zetsumitsu Keikaku. But um, that's a completely different thing. Julian, you got anything else on this saga, this specific character? I think that just about covers it. I can never remember what fruit Zakuro is, but I remember it being a fruit. Let's see if I can dig it up really quick. Alright, while you're digging that up, we'll move on, and then you can just randomly interrupt us as we continue onwards. Let's take it on over to the releases. We've got one more release in July, and it's an important one because it relates to the contest, which I failed to mention earlier in the episode. Please pay attention later on. Mary, what we got on July 23rd? We've got the uh, PS2 and Wii software, quote, Dragon Ball Z Sparking Meteor, unquote, theme song, quote, Super Survivor, end quote. <laughs> That's right. It's slightly misleading because it does contain another uh, primary song here, which is the Burst Limit theme song. In addition to this, which is, as it says, the Sparking Meteor theme song. This is LACA-5770. It retails for 1,500 yen, which is almost exactly $15 right now. It is eight tracks, so we got a track listing uh, if you scroll down on our homepage, but also on our contest page, and uh, listen up for that slightly later after we get to the main juice of the episode, which is catching up on emails. Oh, here it is. Zakuro is pomegranate. Ah! And with that done, on to the email. We're going to start it off with an audio email, actually. This comes to us from Casual Matt. Hey there, Daisenshu X crew. Casual Matt here. I was just wondering what you thought the odds were of Funimation releasing a season set style movies box. They are releasing the movies as double features now, but come on, they've never missed an opportunity to milk the Dragon Ball Z cash cow before. I think it'd be nice for the sake of consistency. So right now, I'm just waiting it out to see what they do. The movies do seem to take well to Funimation's faux remastering style, so boxing them together could be the next best thing to the Dragon Box movies. Anyway, I just wanted to get your opinions on the matter. Thanks for listening, hopefully playing this on the show, and see you next time. I'm going to go to Mary first. What do you think? I think why the hell not? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be their cash cow for probably yet another decade, um, and they'll probably take any chance they can get to release you know, the same thing over and over again. I think that makes sense because we, you know, we've got the Dragon Box in Japan of the movies, so you know, somewhere down the line, they'll probably do that here too. Yeah, absolutely. I see them doing like, you know, we have the steel cases right now. They'll probably do a thin pack, uh, you know, lower price release of the movies later on, throw them all together in one. Julian, you agreed? disagree? I think that sounds about right. Good deal. Well, with that done, Julian, you're going to take the next email here. Okay. The next one comes to us from SSJ4 Marlon Brando. Yes. Marlon Brando has achieved Super Saiyan 4. Okay. 
Hello, Dyson X. I am a, no, no. Okay. We've already <laughs> done this parody before, and it resulted in a video. Therefore, please do not do it again. Okay, so hello, Dyson X. I am a newcomer to Dragon Ball, but I have had experience with it in the past when I was four when Dragon Ball Z was on Cartoon Network. Oh God, is it that long ago already? And I have all the ships, Space Pod, Time Machine, etc. And almost all the character figurines of the 90s era. I also have some questions. 1. Should I buy all the episodes of Dragon Ball Z GT of eBay on one pack for $60? 2. Do you get a feeling of emotion when you see the clips at the end of the last episode in Dragon Ball G? It may sound sad, but I do. Thanks for reading. I hope this gets read out. Soon to join the forums when I get time under the name. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, one thing I want to address here, and it's not to make anyone feel bad, but okay. When Dragon Ball was on Cartoon Network, you were four. All right, let's assume that they mean 98 when Cartoon Network began airing the original first two seasons of the dub. So we're talking 14 now. Right. Or so, 13. So, or 12. So we were in high school when they were four. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, first question. Should I buy all the episodes of Dragon Ball, etc., uh, on eBay in one pack for $60? No. I think this is a very clear, resounding answer from all of us. Absolutely bootleg, not. Bootleg, bootleg, bootleg. Uh, uh, do not support the triads. <laughs> is really what this comes down to. No, those are yes. bootlegs. We do not support bootlegs any way, shape, or form. As much grief as we give Funimation for their treatment of the series over the last decade or so, it is very, very important to actually you know support what you're a fan of and pay for legit things. And if you're not a fan of that, you know you can get the Japanese releases, depending on where you can live. You get Spanish releases, Italian releases, whatever. There's stuff right. all over the globe for you to get, Julian. You chime in. You do have to admit, though, that those Chinese subtitles are hilarious. Unintentionally so, of course. Sun-kissed and Jesus-boo is really what it comes down to. Yes. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Dragon Ball, but look it up and you'll laugh. Alright, question two. <laughs> do you get a feeling of emotion when you see uh, last episode of Dragon Ball GT? I think we did an episode all about yes, the ending did. of GT, and we talked about how I cry like a little bitch every time we watch it. Mary, do you feel any emotion from I last episode? I feel strong emotions. You feel strong in, emotions. In, deep in my soul. Okay, Julian, how about you? I get a little bit choked up, you know, a little bit. Get I think to I've... the sensitive sides. <laughs> That's right. I think I've said this before. The uh, last episodes of GT, it wasn't fan-subbed. I got it raw. It was one of the earliest tapes, I suppose you could say, uh, early on in my fandom. I got uh, my first two fan-sub tapes were... You made bootlegs! Well, no, fan-subs wasn't really bootlegs back then. I didn't shit. pay for them. Uh, my first two were episodes, I think it was 94 through whenever Goku defeats Frieza, and then my next things were movies 11 and 12. I got a three-pack. 11, 12, the two Z TV specials, and then a raw tape of the end of GT. So I also have, you know, a very sentimental attachment for, you know, early Japanese Dragon Ball. But in general, I love the last episode of GT. I don't have the number in front of me. Scroll down, you know, on our archive page of uh, the site or head over to iTunes and grab it. But we did an episode all about the last episode of GT. So definitely check that out. So, Mary, you're going to take the next email. Hey, this comes to us from Rachel. Okie dokie. Rachel writes, first things first, I did not get to say this last week, but Julian, you're back. We love you, so do not leave us ever again. Or else. But honestly, Is that a threat? it sounds that way. <laughs> or else. 
But honestly, I was wondering why the endings to the episodes are now in English. I miss hearing you guys say your thanks and goodbyes in Japanese, and I was just wondering why it is changed to English. Secondly, I was watching the Trunks saga earlier, and I was wondering why exactly that Trunks knew and said that Goku would take three hours to arrive, when Goku also says that if Trunks had not come, he would have used instantaneous movement to get there. Now, it seems that because he's from the future, he could have heard exactly when Goku came back. This cannot be true since he got off the time, or since he got the time off by three hours. It could be Bulma calculated how long it would take for him to get there, but there was no way she could have known when he left precisely. Or maybe Trunks just messed up for the sake of showing how much he can change things for better or worse. I'm probably missing some huge point that solves all of this, but I must have completely forgotten it. Can you help out a bit? And finally, as I forgot questions I would ask, what is Vegeta's age when they show him as a young child? I was thinking that the relatively new side story for Vegeta's past would tell, or at least filler episodes would, but I do not see it anywhere. He looks like he may be less than 10, but then again, so did Goku when he was 12. Hoping for your next podcast, Rachel. Do not hold out hope. There will be no next podcast. No! Wait. <laughs> Julian, don't leave. Okay. Uh, that covers that. Let's talk about, oh, the ending of the show. Why are you doing it in English now? Oh, just because I got bored, so I decided to change it up a bit. But just for you, I will do it in Japanese again this episode. Good deal. Mary, let's talk about Trunks' stuffage. What is the deal here? Trunks says that Goku will arrive in three hours. How does he know? Because Goku could just instantly go over there and defeat Frieza. And, you know, he's changing time anyway. So how does he know how he's going to affect it? I don't know. You're that <laughs> smart. Oh, maybe Goku sensed Frieza from way out in space. And with without Trunks there, he would have just thought, well, I better pop in and save the day, but since somebody else shows up and defeats Frieza, he's like, okay. That's how I always uh, took it. I think Trunks knew, like, the trajectory of the space pod and how and when it was going to arrive, and he knew that Goku wouldn't show up because he took care of Frieza, and Goku's, like he said, just like, whatever, I'll just land when I land and figure out what's up then. Makes sense. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about Vegeta's age. I have pulled up um, Greg Werner's halfway translated, uh, much improperly, but still relatively useful timeline from Daisenshu 7. Vegeta is born in age 732. We should say that it's not 732 AD, it is age. Uh, and then the whole Bardock TV special, all those events take place in 737. So, go, or rather, Vegeta is about five years old then, according to this timeline. Huh. Five, huh? Yep, so he's only about five years older than Goku. Somehow I knew that. You did know that? Yeah. I think that makes sense. It's one of those random tidbits about the show that I always remembered. Okay. Julian, additional comments? Huh. <laughs> Just, huh? I don't know. All right. Do you accept this answer? I guess. Okay. I guess we'll move on. I'll read the next email. This comes to us from Chris. To Mike, Mary, Julian, and whoever else is present, that being no one. First, I just want to start off by saying that I'm typing this on my iPhone and apologize for any mistakes in the grammar department. Oh. I know how that bugs you, Mike. Anyway. You bastard. <laughs> Give me your iPhone. Anyway, I've been listening for about a year and I've come across a simple question in my rewatching of the show. I grew up on the Funimation dub and only recently started watching the show in Japanese with subtitles. Wobble what I was missing all those years. I'll never watch it in any other way. My question might best be answered by Julian because he's the genius in the Japanese language department, but the rest probably know too. I've noticed that different people call Goku Son Goku or Goku Son or even just Son, which is fine, but why does Bulma always refer to him as Son-kun? Is this a more informal way of addressing him or maybe even the nickname she gave him when the two were kids? Please let me know. Keep up the good work, guys. Chris, P.S. You have no idea how much time I put in the title 
typing this on an iPhone. Chris, this email was written better than some of the other emails that we've received, so mad props. I think that alone deserves a round of applause for fantastic typing on an iPhone. Uh, I just gotta say... Now give me your iPhone. I uh, stood in line for a while last week, but I had to go to work, so I had to just leave the line. But I'm gonna try to pick one up, you know, whenever I can just walk in the store and buy one. Let's talk about... I guess this goes over to you, Julian. Son Goku. The last name, you could say, is Son. Son, yes. And this is what Piccolo calls him for a very long time, up until something like the Frieza arc, or when after he merges with Kamisama, but I forget exactly when he shifts over, but so that's being sort of formal and distant and indicating that he really doesn't like him very much. For Bulma, she calls him Son-kun, which is something she comes up with actually during the very first arc of Dragon Ball, when she's kind of using him as a makeshift bodyguard while she searches for the Dragon Balls. Now, this is because he's a boy, and he's younger. Well, she thinks maybe two years at the time, but he's actually 12, and she's 16. So this is a way of kind of showing... It's not quite, like, a higher level of respect, but it is showing a slight amount of affection or a kind of friendly attitude. It's not as... Well, it's, it's more polite than calling him just Goku, which everybody seems to do. But it works for her, and it kind of sticks well beyond when she would really still need to use it. But, I don't know. Videl calls Gohan Gohan-kun, although I haven't really watched that much of detail. So I don't know if she shifts over to something more casual once they're, you know, married. When I remember, she still saw, uh, still calls him Gohan-kun. Okay, that's a little weird, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, well. Married couple still being slightly distant. Uh, but there's other ones, like, um, I believe Trunks calls Goku Son Goku-san, which super, is Super, super formal. It, well, it's not... It's super, super formal in the world of Dragon Ball yeah. where people are just casual. <laughs> right. Yeah, you... <laughs> and well, also just Gohan... Well, he calls him, what, Gohan-san? Yeah, Gohan. Right. Which, which is also quite respectful since everybody calls him, you know, Gohan, if they refer to him by name. Julian, I mean, even taking it further back, uh, they're using honorifics here. Yes. So honorific speech is a feature of Japanese, which basically indexes your relationship to the speaker um, in terms of what term you're using to address them with. So, uh, for example, if you don't use any honorific at all, you're being very rude, and Dragon Ball is, by Japanese standards, very rude, but as part of the, part of the premise, I guess. Everybody's very friendly and on familiar terms, for the most part. Now, going up from there, you can use... Well, there's some honorifics that are do- more diminutive, like Chan and Kun, which are used for female and male children and younger people, respectively. Then you have Sang, which is pretty neutral. Sama, which is very polite and can also show a high level of respect, depending on the situation. Sensei, for teachers, lawyers, doctors, and various other high-ranking professions. Uh, and as you get up there, you start using things like job titles and what have you. Uh, Denka is like your highness. Dono is very old-fashioned. It's something like my lord, but you see it on certificates and what That's have you. It's actually used um, heavily by Kenshin in Rurouni Kenshin. He uses Dono. Yes, and you still see that in like legal documents and certificates and fancy things like that. But anyway. And then there's things like Taicho, Ginyu Taicho. Yes, that's commander of the unit, or we just call him captain. But right. So, I mean, it goes on and on. It's all about honorifics, and you can read up on that. I, I'm going to insert a sound clip because it always perfectly uh, showcases all the different things that people call Goku. It's from uh, GT episode 63. I remember it quite well. It's after he's used the Genkidama, and everyone's trying to figure out where he is. So let me play this right here. Goku-san! Goku-san! 
So, Julian, does that uh, kind of go over all that stuff? I hope so. I mean, it's a very in-depth topic, and you know, if you don't study Japanese, I'm assuming it could be quite overwhelming if I just throw it out to you. But hopefully I haven't given you too much for you to digest. Righto. Uh, Mary, how about I give you another one? Okay. This one's from Damon out in Chicago. Okay. From Chicago. Hey, it's Damon from Chicago, and it's been too long. I have a quick question, probably something pretty simple, but it's been bugging me a bit. Is there ever any explanation, whether it's revealed when Goku first returns from Yardrat or later on, as to why he can't use the Shunkaido to dump cell on Kaiosama's planet, or anywhere else, I suppose, and then return to Earth without needing to sacrifice himself. I'm all for dramatic effect and stuff, but it seems like the whole point of the instantaneous transmission would be to avoid such pickles. Are there defined limitations of this ability? Thanks a lot, guys. You continue to do a great job with the podcast. Well, yeah. Well, the problem with Cell is that he um, learns techniques very quickly, and if Goku did that earlier, not only would he have a still-alive Cell on his tail, but Cell would just follow him back. Uh, come on, he transported Cell to Kai planet, and especially in the TV series, like, he's got a brief back and forth with Kaiosama. He's like, what are you doing? Why'd you bring him here? He's like, Wadi Wadi, or whatever he says there. There was time. I couldn't think of anywhere else. He could have grabbed him and like left and just left Cell there, but no, they have to talk for a minute before Cell blows up. Oh, yes, he could have, and I think it was for dramatic effect, but Mary. It is just for dramatic effect. Yeah, I got nothing. Julian. Well, he does seem to need time to think about where he's going before he can go there, and I think considering the situation, he was under a little bit of stress. I think so. Be like, Oh, God, where do I go? Maybe the trip oh, wore him out. Cell yeah. was pretty big. All right, Julian, why don't you read the next email here from CJ? All right. Hello, Mike, Mary, Julian, and whoever else happens to be there. My name is CJ, and I live in the UK. I first got into Dragon Ball on Cartoon Network, tuned on me around 2003, but fell out of the fandom a few years later and only got back into it this year. While surfing the web, I found your website and began listening to the podcast. I found it both enlightening and entertaining and have listened ever since. Compliments aside, I have a question for you. Uh, what are your favorite and least favorite arcs from the anime? And that's a terrible British accent, but I'm sorry. But <clears throat> thank you if you read this, CJ. So uh, in an apology for that terrible accent, you have to go first, Julian. Okay. Well, my favorite, favorite arc is probably the Garlic Jr. arc. No, I'm kidding. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Wait, you're not here. <laughs> No, actually, I really enjoy the first Saiyajin arc in Dragon Ball Z, but I also really enjoy from Dragon Ball Piccolo. I think the Piccolo arc is maybe my favorite. Piccolo Daimo or Into the 23rd or... Oh, oh I kind of consider it one big thing, but I guess both. Um, and my least favorite, actually, is the Garlic Jr. saga. Good deal. Mary, favorite? This is tough. I was, you know, my usual fall-on answer is the Cell saga, but now that I think about it, I'm like, hmm, you just read all Dragon Ball, and a lot of that's very, very entertaining, so I'm not sure. I think... The- I'm going to have to stick with Cell just to, you know, maintain consistency. Okay. Least favorite? Um, 
Oh, man. Anayoichi Budokai. Okay, fair enough. Take it over to me. My favorite arc, I'm back and forth with this myself. Depends on what I've most recently watched or read. It's either the Cell game. Um, you know, I like the entire Jinzo Nigen Cell stuff, but I love Super Saiyan 2 Gohan specifically. I love that part. And also the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai. I love that so much. Least favorite, I'm in agreement with both of you. It's Garlic Jr. and the Anayoichi Budokai. We did a review, Mary, all about the Garlic Jr. Saga. In the near future, we're going to torture ourselves again and do the Anuyoichi Budokai. No. So you'll get more of a concrete answer from me between those two when we review that. I think I actually lean more towards the Afterlife Tournament than Garlic Jr. I don't know. Yeah, that's what my when I thought about it for a second, I was like, yeah, you know what? Garlic Jr. had some redeeming qualities and that it was just really, really ridiculous and had some funny parts, but I don't remember shit about the Afterlife Tournament other than that it sucked. Word. Mary, take the next email here. We're getting into uh, kind of just general questions that people have but you know it's an episode all about catching up on email so we'll do it what we got here from sean sean hey guys i was just wondering what kind of music you guys are into and what your favorite bands are mary go first oh jesus christ <laughs> i don't know what the hell genre of music it is that i listen to i listen to whatever mike gives me and i rarely find stuff on my own that i like i don't know what it is that i i listen to and a lot of the bands that i love are like disbanding so i'm quite sad uh, my favorite band let's, let's go with this uh favorite live show ever i don't know favorite album i don't have one <laughs> julian I, sorry i like a lot of stuff all right you can chime in as julian and i talk okay, maybe fine. julian take it over to you for what bands my my tastes are all over the place come on someone give me a name well, i like classic jazz and i like like big band with uh crooners and stuff Sinatra's up there, I tell you what. And Miles Davis and oh, bunch of... I can never remember names when people ask me. I know, don't you hate that? And classic 60s rock and roll because my parents are big into that. Oh, my mom is a lifelong Beatles fan, I should mention that. Okay. And my my dad bought uh, Black Sabbath's first few albums when they came out in the U.S., Okay. So, yeah, so I, I listened to a bunch of stuff, some on vinyl, just because my parents had it lying around. But I've been exposed to a lot, and it would take a long time to go through all of it. But that's only if I remember the names of the people, which I'm so bad at. Do you have a favorite album? Favorite album of my own. Um, that's where I'm heading with, at least myself, so I figure I'd try it with you guys. I mean, I don't know. I always like Sgt. Pepper, although it's a little too out there for some people. Um, Good answer, though. Alright, I guess I'll go. Uh, for uh, a more thorough back history on Mike and the types of music he listens to and specific bands, you can check out, what was it, episode 8 of Low Fidelity? I can't remember. Uh, Jeff's Indie Music Review Podcast that's on uh, quasi-hiatus right now. I did a guest episode with him, and I kind of talked about where I come from and what I listen to. Uh, favorite album of all time for me is Something to Write Home About by the Get Up Kids. Get Up Kids is my absolute favorite band. It's, uh, you know, back in high school, but turned me around from you know just some kid listening to the radio and realizing that there's music out there so uh listen to that check that out and we'll go from there i'm the emo guy except i'm a quasi elitist person where i actually know what the word means and where right. it comes it's not from. like you wear eyeliner or whatever it is this misconception that people have of what emo is we've talked about, about this or stupid glasses engage in self-mutilation exactly we've talked about this word and its use it's almost up there with gay and retarded for general lingo in typical English lexicon, whatever. Internet 
not even internet. It's you know, general usage. It saddens me, but I'm all for you know evolution of language. But I'm one of those. I guess I'm when it hits home. That's when you realize. Oh, maybe I don't like it when words are used poorly. Uh, let's move on, Mary. Yeah. We're, now that Julie and I talked a little bit, do you have anything you want to mention? Yeah, I guess my okay. favorite album is. I don't know. I have a few. I like Deja Intendu by Brand New. That's my number two. I like Seosin. Okay. I'm really into that. And it's another album I listen to religiously. I don't know. But some of my favorite bands are The Starting Line, Reggie and the Full Effect, Midtown, a lot of New Jersey, Northeast bands. Yeah. Uh, who else do I like? Uh, like I said, Seosin, Amberlin. Uh, who else do I like? <laughs> I feel like I'm missing something. You're giving me what, a look. All right, let's go around. What's in your car right now? All the stuff I just said. Okay, Julian, you're in Japan. Do you have a car? No, I don't. <laughs> What's on your iPod besides a thousand gigs of things? Oh, some random stuff, random. What's the last album you listened to? The last album I listened to, well, I, I haven't really gotten any new, like, English albums, but I got the weird Dragon Ball theme new version stuff, and, oh, oh, I know what I got. I got something from the Kuri Quarter Quartet. These are the guys who did the background music for Azumanga Daio, among other things. And it's oh, just okay. really weird, quirky stuff, and it's fun. So Good deal. Mm. I don't remember what's in my car right now, but yesterday while I was ironing shirts, I listened to the new Reign of Kindo album, and I like that. Mary, you probably enjoy it. I listened to the EP. What'd you think of it? It's good. Okay. Relaxing. Nice. I think that covers that. We're going to take it into the last email for the show. And, uh, you know, they say it's not related to Dragon Ball, but we're going to relate it to Dragon Ball some of the things we've worked on. I'll read this. This comes to us from Tim. Hey, Mike, Mary, Julian, and any, this is a recurring trend, and anyone else who is there. Funny how everyone says this, and it's just us this episode. I know that this isn't related to Dragon Ball, but I have a question for you about AMVs. I hear people saying that it is, quote, bad AMVing, end quote, to match the words of the song along with the flaps of the characters. I heard that it is discouraged in competitions and that it, quote, takes away from the video, end quote, by, quote, distracting the viewer, end quote, or something like that. Personally, it doesn't bother me at all. All, and I think that it is actually funny sometimes. Since you guys are like amateur pros at making AMVs, I was just wondering what your take is on this topic. Keep up with the good work, and I'm glad that Julian is back from his extended absence. Mary, I think we have two types of lip flappings to talk about. Oh, yeah. Okay, so whatever you decide the first All right, kind so is. Alright, so my first thing is the bad kind, and you kind of allude this, uh, allude to this in the email where it says, I think it actually is funny sometimes. Yeah, well, it's not so funny when the person is throwing in, singing a, a a, you know, a line in a dramatic video or a romance video, that's where it's kind of inappropriate. Where it is appropriate is comedy videos or upbeat videos or action videos, but when someone throws in lip flapping in a dramatic video, everyone inherently thinks it's hilarious well, and, oh, it should be laughed at and, oh, it's funny, but no, it takes you out of the mood, it takes you out of, I guess, the creator's intended purpose. Uh, it's kind of um, creator ignorance, I suppose. Like, they think, oh, cool, I'm gonna have the character sing the song, but they don't think about the mob mentality, and honestly, I learned about this the hard way. I had some lip syncing in a drama video of mine, saw it at a huge con with thousands of people, and then, you know, got disheartened when, you know, everyone started laughing at it. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, that's not what I was going for. Now yeah. I feel like shit. Disagree with you slightly, and then I think it can be used effectively, even in a dramatic video, but it has to be in a situation where the lyrical content of the song is such that it's directed like dialogue, and... Case in point, sappy self-indulgence by 
uh, Shane Lee Crusoe Productions, where he's consistent throughout the whole thing. The lip syncing of the song is what he is going for, and you know, it's a romance video. It's all right, all right, let's or, stop right or, here. Or if it's vi- or if it's threatening, the way that uh, what's it, uh, what is it? Dave McKean did on his one auto tour. Yeah, that's why well, I think it's appropriate. In action stop it right videos. there. There's there's two kinds. There's intentional and unintentional lip flapping. You if you're lip syncing, that's when you're purposefully matching the lip flaps to something in the song, usually someone singing. Lip flapping is something we refer to when someone on the screen is talking in the original show. Oh, and you're, okay. And you're just playing the scene. Okay, yeah, I see what and, you're and it just not, happens. To, it happens to look like the character is singing And maybe song. it doesn't. Maybe it's an instrumental and they're just flapping away. And sometimes it happens to line up with you know a, a voice or a line in the song. For the record, I was talking about intentional, though. Uh. Right. Um, so with intentional stuff, you talked about the whole dramatic thing. Julian, you hinted at that. I, I do want to take it to a personal example that is Dragon Ball related and maybe explain where we were coming from with that <laughs> because we're breaking, not breaking our own rule, but going for something specific. It's a video we did for AWA a couple of years ago called Succession. It's a, a Gohan-focused video around the Cell game. And there, we do both things. There are regular lip flaps, which we covered up, and then there are lip syncings that we did to specifically go along with a spoken line in the song. The line is the world's not going to end. The world's not going to end. And in both cases of this, we had Goku lip sync that line to Gohan because it's like a direct quote that we wanted to address and we felt as creators that that was that was powerful, that was effective, it worked and it wasn't funny. In a, a huge crowd setting, maybe it might get a laugh, but maybe it could recover from that as well. On the flip side, there are a couple cases in that video where in the original animation, Goku is talking talking to Gohan and we're doing this long slow dramatic pan in we covered up the lip flapping of Goku so it wouldn't distract you from you know what's being said in the song and like the mood and flow of the video and that's you know more of an advanced thing to cover up lip flaps but this is a matter of keeping the footage as simple as possible so you can piece together what's being sung in the song and what you're seeing on the screen just having lip flapping away is just a distraction absolutely the last thing you want to do is distract people from what you're trying to do what you're trying to get across it sounds like it's a simple thing like oh why i mean it's just math right right but seriously when you do it it's so effective it absolutely is and people don't notice it which is even better the best effects are the ones you don't notice i know it sounds stupid and cliche to say that but it's absolutely true now we're turning this into an aoe panel no i know but (laughs) they they asked the question we're doing emails episode and we could relate it to a dragon ball video so i think i think it works in that respect it's very much the king of justification right there (laughs) I know. (laughs) I can justify anything because I'm an American anime fan. Oh, dear. I guess that's going to wrap that up. Anyone have any last thoughts on the lip flaps and the AMVs and stuff? No. No? Julian? I'm cool. Okay. That's going to wrap up our emails, our catching up on emails. Mary, where do people, if they have questions, concerns, comments, suggestions, anything they want to send for or about this show, where are they going to send that stuff? Send it to podcast at dizex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Good deal. With that done, it's time to do the contest.
We are running a contest right now. We are giving away two CD singles. We'll cruise through this really fast because we've been talking about it all month, and you can read all about it on the website. But we are giving away the CD singles. One of them contains Super Survivor and Kiseki no Hono Yo Moe Agare, which are the opening themes to Sparking Meteor and Burst Limit, respectively. And then we are also throwing in the CD single with the Budokai 2 and three opening themes. So, Julian, you can send how many entries per person? Two. Well, kind of technically one, but, one, but there's you a can, catch. If you sing a cappella some lines from one of the songs, we will allow you to be entered twice. Good deal. Uh, please attach it to that same email. That, that'll count as your uh, bonus entry, your two entries. We want no background music. Send us an MP3 of you singing. We have links to lyrics over on the contest page. Full rules are over there. Get your entries in no later than 11.59 a.m. That's right before noon. Eastern Time, Friday, August 1st, 2008. Assuming our package comes in from Japan, we will both review the new CD on that episode and give it away. So, I think that's it. Time to wrap up the show. Our uh, short catching up on emails episode ended up being about a regular length episode, so good on us for getting content out there. Yeah, and stuff. And stuff indeed. I uh, Again, I don't know what we're doing next week because we just finished up videos and I haven't had time, but uh, I was compiling all of my episode ideas. Uh, I kind of like handwrite them out when I get new ideas. I append them to the end. My page is completely full now, so I'm looking forward to hitting up a whole bunch of stuff in the near future. We're going to eventually do our burst limit final thoughts when my 360 woes are resolved. We got manga reviews of awesomeness every month. We got a new CD review coming up. Uh, we're going to do an Anioichi Budokai review. I said we're going to do a Journey to the West focused episode. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming up in the future. Mary, let's get rid of you. Okay. Temp below trunks. It's where you are when it's you're not right. here, except you're usually I'm here. I'm on the internet. Uh, you can find me on the internet at www.temploturks.com. That's templotrunks.com. Cool. Is that what you're typing in your keyboard right now? I was about to, and that's totally not what I was trying to do. But then I ended up writing Temple of Trunks, so <laughs> I want to go give myself a hit because that's all the site's going to get. <laughs> Fine. Julian, you and I, Dies and Chewy X. Can be found at www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. That is absolutely correct. So we'll see you next week. This is 138. We'll catch you next week for 139. That's it for Mary over here. Hi. I mean, bye. <laughs> for hi, Julian bye. up in Japan. My name is Mike Vegito EX. Julian, do it, man. Dies and Chewy X podcast. Konsho mo kite kudasate arigato gozaimasu. Jikai mo. Tanoshimini.